Again, it's that season of the year when we stop and take time to say just how thankful we are. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of November 27, 2014. Thanksgiving Day. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. And it is the time of year that we reflect on the many blessings for which we are thankful, that we have so much this year that we want to talk about in our Thanksgiving podcast. We do this every year at this time. Sometimes the podcast falls right before Thanksgiving. No, but it always falls on Thanksgiving because we always do it on oh, the we Thursday. we always do it on Thursday. That's right. <laughs> Ever since Roosevelt changed that holiday. <laughs> and I should probably start with like a little levity here, that it's, but true story. My great-grandfather, Somerset, uh, did not much appreciate FDR. Didn't care for FDR did, his, trying to tell him when right. to celebrate. He didn't like big government. And uh, so he that was the time that Thanksgiving was changed to always being on a Thursday or the certain Thursday of the year. And uh, But Papa Set, as he was lovingly called, uh, wanted to celebrate on his, or you know, whatever. And the, I original the original Thanksgiving Day, whatever, day, whatever, it, whatever was. it was. And so my mother uh, recalls, that most years she had two Thanksgiving dinners, one with Mama and Papa Set down at the farm in, in Pike County down in Troy, and the other one with her family on the real, the well, the new real Thanksgiving. <laughs> so so uh, time erases wounds, I guess, and we have succumbed. We are accepting that the third, is it the third Thursday, fourth Thursday, whatever it is. Yeah. It always falls on a Thursday, and we are celebrating Thanksgiving today. That's right. Uh, we're thankful. Let me just start off since we do a podcast about growing food most of the time. We're thankful for food. We're thankful for the food that we were able to grow over the summer, and uh, the and some of it we actually have put by for the winter, uh, peppers and stew and more peppers and other vegetables, uh, toma- frozen tomatoes that we've been able to use in stew, um, sauces, that kind of thing. More peppers um, and I mean, some peppers. <laughs> you, you probably get the impression we have a lot of peppers put by and you would be guessing correctly. Well, the problem is I haven't put them all by, to use your term. I still have some that I need to, I want to make pepper jelly and I want to finish making pepper sauce. So there's there's still work to be done. But, and of course, we still have fresh peppers we can just enjoy on a salad. And I see baskets and baskets of peppers when I go into the storage room. So I know we do have our work cut out for right, us to get that do. put together. Yes, because they won't keep forever. We uh, have other food as well. We have all those brassicas that we planted earlier, and they're growing uh Beautifully, we've actually already enjoyed some of the collards. We've had some broccoli. Shaping up to be the best year ever for broccoli. We've had some kale. The kale's doing great. Um, we don't know about the Brussels sprouts yet. The, the plants are doing fine. We just don't have any little sprouts. They did have a shock uh, earlier in the fall when we had that 18-degree freeze. It came too soon. They had not had a chance to steal themselves for cold weather. And we got some real damage to the foliage on most everything, really. 
Uh, but the broccoli. But particularly the, well, I was thinking particularly the collards. The collards really. They both took a hit on the foliage. Yeah. Uh, but the, the broccoli, I mean, we still have actual broccoli on the plants, and we've harvested some of that. And the collards still have enough healthy leaves that we can enjoy. You're right. The rutabagas, I guess, really took it on the chin, too. That's the, I, that's the one that I walk by and I say, ooh. But I think they'll make it. I, I think rutabagas they'll make it, too. are supposed to be pretty cold-hardy. And, of course, I lost the lettuce except for one leaf that I just, there was one plant. I cut them down to the ground, but I thought maybe there's a chance something could come back. But um, I've planted some more garlic. So we have lots of garlic already sprouting and some new garlic in the in the ground. And I'm also thankful for our cover crops, which we finally got planted last week. True. The we rest- were very late getting cover crop planted, but we did do it strategically on the day before a nice gentle soaking rain so we feel you know guardedly optimistic that we'll get a cover crop this year but it won't be what it would have been had we planted them when we were supposed to but we've talked about this before one reason we are usually late doing it is we still have crops growing and producing food out there there were a couple of the beds that were actually i'd say about three that i should have cut down earlier and i'm lesson learned i will do that next year but uh, the peas were producing up until the bitter end. Uh, that took up a whole bed. I had uh, tomatoes still going, and the peppers, as we've mentioned. And no one takes more pride than the farmer-in-chief in having the last tomato of the season. And I'm sitting there looking at our windowsill filled with green tomatoes that I pulled. And I, I can confidently yeah. say in December, we will be having fresh tomatoes from the garden. I fully expect we will have fresh tomatoes maybe as long as Christmas, although you'll probably clear those windowsills before we Right, and I don't know, you know, they're not turning red very quickly. All I know is that experience, what was it, three years ago, when those tomatoes, every last one of those green tomatoes eventually eventually ripened. Yeah. So they, they will ripen, we I can, feel sure. I can play the waiting game. <laughs> uh, we did have a little scare, as you probably know from earlier podcasts, about firewood. But um, after we got over the scare, we have plenty of firewood stacked up. We don't yet know how seasoned it's going to be because we kind of rushed it through its seasoning process. And it's possible we're going to have a little difficulty starting fires once we use these two pallets that have been around for a long time. That's, well, well, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, we also are thankful for our chickens. We have um, two adult hens that we talked about this several months ago on a podcast that they had quit producing eggs. And so we thought we might, uh, they might make a good stew. And I know that that's not, but we don't view them as pets. They are not pets, even though we do give them names, but we, um, they're here to lay eggs and when they quit laying eggs um, we give them a good life until they're good on the table so um, that's what our future holds we think and we are not naive enough to think that when we slaughter these ladies they're going to that their meat will taste like the chicken we're used to buying in the store it won't it will be uh, tough stringy uh, not pleasant to chew on so we don't have any intention of eating a chicken thigh from Adelaide or Beyonce. What we expect, however, is that we will be able to use them for stew. Right. And, and because we're using the whole bird for stew, we're talking about a pretty good bit of stew we can mm-hmm. make with them. Right, right. So, And the one reason we're going to go ahead and do it is that we, we have 
some chicks. I can no longer say baby chicks. They are no. teenagers. <laughs> they're getting bigger by the day. You can almost watch them grow. And uh, so now that they're getting a little bit crowded in that bin we have them in, their brooding bin. It's a big bin, and it seemed very large when we put four tiny chicks I in know. it. But it doesn't seem quite so large no. now. But they're great chickens, and, and uh, two Rhode Island Reds and two Barred Rocks. So our hope is that um, after cleaning out, thoroughly cleaning out, because we are aware of um, the susceptibility of small chicks to um, disease, um, even though Adelaide and Beyonce are, have developed immunities, we know that they could there could be some disease carrying uh, being carried in that coop. So we're going to clean it out thoroughly with water and bleach and let it sun for a while. Put it up on blocks and let the air and the sun get to it. And we hope we'll um, have it nice and clean and antiseptic. Well, not antiseptic, but at least clean by the time that we introduce the chicks to it. And, and the, the hurry, you might say, what's your hurry? The hurry is those chicks really are getting too large to be all in that bin together. And yesterday you had a little adventure. We, we did have an adventure. All three of us had an adventure because one of the barred rocks, we think Miss Mona. The dominant one, right. Um, got up on the edge of the bin and jumped off out onto the concrete floor of the shop. Um, and we had two challenges. One is we needed to get her back into the bin, but we also wanted to avoid stressing her because that's a completely different experience. Everything was unfamiliar. Um, she took the opportunity to cleanse her bowel uh, <laughs> yeah, she, over and over. <laughs> she uh, found that uh, it was a, a good poop floor for yes. her, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but eventually, with the help of all three of us, we were able to hem her in and as gently as possible under the circumstances, uh, get her back into uh, the bin with the other girls. Uh, but we learned our lesson. I'm going to need to work with the chicken wire cover in place at all times. Because she's, now. yeah, they're definitely wanting to uh, have a larger area and to explore the world around them. And of course, with that coop, we, we see it as kind of a progressive thing. They'll be in the coop indoors for a while, out of the elements. And then I'd say by the time they're, what, eight or nine weeks old, they ought to be fine to move the coop out onto the orchard floor, and then they'll have the run. They can get out into right. that run. And by then, they will be fully feathered, so they will be able to withstand much better the cold weather. And, of course, once they're in the coop, they can all huddle together in the sheltered space right. and stay warm on a cold night. Yes, so. I've just been reading an article in the Backyard Poultry magazine about what to do for uh, to keep chickens safe and healthy during the winter. And uh, But... Most of them, especially in our kind of climate, would recommend definitely just outdoors. I mean, they're, they're coops, but they, but they have a nice, secure coop so that they can get complete shelter. Yeah. And just a note on that, I had been agonizing and worrying about, you know, we use a lot of water when we clean out the coop of the chickens. And I've been thinking, you know, what am I going to do in the wintertime? And the hose is going to freeze and I won't be able to use it and so forth. Well... The nice thing about living in central Alabama is, yes, it may go down below 20 tonight, but it's very unlikely to go down below 20 two or three nights in succession. So it's not like we need to clean the coop out every single day. So if it's a really cold day, I'll just leave them alone. And, the, you know, if I give it a day or two, 
it'll be warmer. Absolutely. The main thing will be to, um, and they do have access to the run as well, so they can get out and they'll be pooping out there as well where there's a lot more space and they're, they're on the ground. Yes. And uh, the main thing will be to make sure that if their water freezes, that we do replenish their water and give and them fresh water. I don't now expect their water's ever going to freeze. It's too, um, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. If, it'll if be problem we'll deal this with this will be our first winter with chickens so we'll find out well i'm but because we're talking winter and you mentioned the firewood i'm definitely thankful for the firewood but we have to think ahead to summer and think back to summer more importantly we were thankful to have plenty of shade so we could stay cool <laughs> oh boy i'll say it, and and that's the nice thing about the way we've built the barn and the lodge we have plenty of shaded space where we can be relatively comfortable even on the hottest summer day. Right. Well, so what else are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for that we do this podcast. Um, it's our way of um, letting folks know what's going on and keeping them updated. And it's been an awfully good record for us because every now and then we'll say, you know, what was it we did then? Or how many of those did we use? And we'll go back to the podcast for that time and Usually we can find the answer. That's right. We're thankful for our health, uh, both just the temporary thing that, you know, we're free of the flu or colds at the moment. And here we are heading to a Thanksgiving gathering. So we're glad that we're not going there to spread germs around. Yes. Um, and also several podcast uh, several years ago when you injured your shoulder so badly um while you know i think it's a miracle that you've come as far as you have really it's even though everything's not completely back to normal with your hand the use of your left hand you are doing great and there is it's a very small list of things that i really need to do that i can't figure out how to do now mm-hmm. so um it, it it takes a little thought sometimes i have to stop and figure out, now, how can I do this with my right hand instead of my left? Or how can I do this with one hand instead of two or um, whatever? But I can I can do most everything that needs to be done. And for that, I am grateful. Right, because it looked pretty dire several years ago. Well, I guess it was like two, you're a little over two years ago. So you've made such progress. And I am diabetic. Uh, we're grateful that my type 2 diabetes seems to be well under control. It's responding to diet and exercise and medication, and I've kept all of my readings within the normal limits, and my nurse practitioner keeps telling me what a good job I'm doing, so thank, I'm thankful for always, that. Always good to hear. And um, Adrian, our announcer who lives with us, she's um, she's doing great, and we're thankful for that, especially um, she went through a divorce, and she's gotten through it very well. Um, so that recovery is um, probably, I've never been divorced and I don't know, it may be something that's ongoing for a while, but she's doing great. I mean, we're thankful. We're thankful for our church, Episcopal Church of the Epiphany in Tallahassee. And I guess I'm going to have to start saying we sort of have another church where we feel comfortable, First Church in Montgomery. First Methodist Church. First Methodist Church in Montgomery because Adrian works there and, and she's a um, member there. We feel like we're sort of honorary members at right. First United Methodist in Montgomery. And we have several family members who also go there. So it's been kind of fun to uh, renew those acquaintances. Right. And so we have so many groups of friends, too. Our Master Gardener friends and growing friendships in the Tallahassee community. We've been involved with a couple of musical and theater productions there. 
and uh, just have, we've gotten to know more and more people and know them better, and that's been life-giving for it us. It has. It's been really nice to get to know more people in Tallahassee. And, of course, we Tumpka, by extension, because so many of our Master Gardener friends, and then we were also in a theater production there. And so, um, you know, we've just, our circle of friends is expanding, and we enjoy, but we still treasure our friendships of, of, that we left behind in Birmingham. Well, we left the people behind. We didn't leave the friendships behind. I just talked to a dear friend of mine on the phone the other day. Shout out to Beverly. And... Um, it's, you know, it's when we talk, it's as if no time has passed. We've had several of those friends during the past year come to visit us here at the farm. And uh, so it's just been really a great uh, way of keeping in touch with people. Facebook helps. And I, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned someone who uh, is a member of your old reunion group. Uh, since we moved down here, I've been missing my reunion group that I had in Birmingham. And I am grateful, I'm very thankful that we finally have a group like that here in Tallahassee. I, I do. It's a men's group. Um, four guys who have relatively little in common, which means that we don't chat. We tend to talk about what matters, what's life like on the journey, and I'm just very grateful for those three guys. And for me, our church has a chapter of what's called Daughters of the King. So that gives us uh, a women's group that's all about prayer and discipleship and evangelism and service. And um, it's just a, it's a super neat group, too. Um, we think about our family this time of the year. Most people's thoughts turn that direction. And I am so thankful to have my almost 90-year-old mother. Almost. Uh, and, we'll and, be celebrating Mama's birthday next month. Yeah. Or this, yeah, next month. Yeah. And she gave us a scare uh, having a, a health issue this earlier this week. But uh, we've had it checked out, or she's had it checked out. And um, they're going to take whatever steps necessary to correct it. So um, and she's feeling better, so I'm I'm grateful for that on this Thanksgiving day. And of course, the rest of our family—I um, mean, our sweet son and daughter-in-law, Joe and Michelle, and their two beautiful best grandchildren in the world, boys, Smith and Wallace—we're just um, can't imagine our lives without them. And of course, our daughter, the announcer, Adrian. <laughs> it is great to have our good relations with both our children and their families. It's been neat, and particularly. It's nice having Adrian close by. We've really enjoyed I really that. have. She was not here last Christmas because she went out to California to go caroling, and I missed her terribly. She just she adds a spark wherever she is. And yes, so she does. We're glad to have our little spark plug right here with us. And we're grateful for each other. Our relationship, our marriage, our friendship have deepened over the years, and we're enjoying this adventure together. That's Isn't right. that fun? It really is fun. So, it's time to wrap up. We wish you a blessed Thanksgiving and a good start to your Advent season this coming Sunday. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda.
That's longleafbreeze.com.